Break out the lightsabers and may the 4th be with you. It's National Star Wars Day today. May the 4th be with you, a phrase that's led to may the 4th becoming known as Star Wars Day. I am the Father. Celebrate all things pertaining to a galaxy far, far away. Okay. What do we need a show about? Star Wars! Laugh it up, fuzzball. Showtime! show today we got some new friends joining us on your kc morning show mallory schwartz she is the executive director at pro choice missouri we're gonna be breaking down again this breaking news this breaking life news that is the imminent demise of roe v wade and reproductive rights in this country mallory is going to explain you know that alito opinion where we can go from here just try to talk some of this out and i'm here to listen i think a lot of us got a lot of listening to do and mallory i think has got some preaching to do so we're going to do all of that here yes right here on your kc morning show then we meet the boys behind spectacles media harry clinton and philip brain the news that tells you what happened and explains why that matters for democracy spectacles.news is the website you can follow along my guys came up with a media company in their dorm room and i think that's kind of awesome we'll have harry we'll have philip we'll have some music because that's what we do on this show as well rate review subscribe do that thing you do kansas city do that thing you do it's a good day to be a kansas cityan i love you when i'm feeling low i lean into my city we still here my name's hartzell we'll see you in the morning Greetings, Hartzell. Search the force. And a tremor I have felt. It was you. Your ego just busted a planet. The Casey Morning Show. For the first time on your KC Morning Show, I wish it was under better circumstances, but I'm so happy to have you on the show, my friend. Mallory Schwartz, she is the executive director of Pro-Choice Missouri as we try to navigate this reality. It's not a surprise. You all have been doing so much work, not just here recently, going back since Jump Street, because reproductive rights are human rights, healthcare is reproductive care, and healthcare is a human right. So my friend, thank you for being on this show. Where do we go from here? Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to talk to your listeners. Yeah, I will say we expected this outcome. We expected that the court that has been stacked with anti-abortion, personal, religious ideologues for just this purpose. And so we thought they are going to overturn Roe v. Wade. They've been working towards that for years. But I will say I did not expect it this week. Uh, We thought we had more time to plan. You know, we have been in 
weekly daily planning calls for months uh, in anticipation of this ever since SB8, the Texas bounty hunting law went into action, but we didn't know it would be now. And so what is terrible about that is everything that you can expect. And people are scared and frustrated and worried. And the one thing we want folks to know off the bat is like, don't cancel your abortion appointments. If you have them, abortion is still legal. It is still available. It is tough to get in Missouri and the Kansas City area, um, but it is available. And if you have an appointment, go to it. But what's exciting about this is the incredible momentum that we're feeling. There were rallies in protest across the state yesterday and folks turned that around and with like 12 hours and there was an incredible showing of support across the state and we know that the majority of Missourians 7 in 10 polling shows time and time again do not support political interference and access to abortion and so we know these folks are with us it's time to turn them out can you break down what was in this Alito ruling I mean some of this we're talking like draconian dark age I mean, there's no other way to really describe it. I mean, according to Sam Alito, a historical precedent is just being a white Christian cis man pre-1900s. I mean, what even is some of this rationale? Can you break it down? You can explain this much more intelligently than I can. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. The opinion is absolutely worse than we could have ever expected. And it goes much farther than just abortion. They state outright that they will overturn both Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. So two cases that together enshrined the right to access abortion. He uses a lot of incredible, disgusting examples of other laws that they're going to come after next, essentially. They are setting up precedent with this decision because that's what the Supreme Court does, right? They make a decision in one case and then the cases come after, use that as precedent. And so the things that are referenced, the cases that are referenced in this anti-sodomy laws go to marriage equality, uh, maybe even as far as loving the case on interracial marriage. Like they are setting up precedent to do exactly what you said and create a white supremacist patriarchy that, of course, we live in today. But that that is their their goal is to eliminate any protections, any rights that we've gained in recent decades, they're trying to turn all of that back. And you can see this throughout the document. You can also see it just in the way that throughout the document, when he says justice, he puts it in quotes, so-called justice. That is the person that is writing that. Those are the people that are sitting on the highest court of the land. They are coming not just for abortion rights. They are coming not just for contraception, which will absolutely be next. They'll come for the Griswold case. They are coming for all of our rights. Can you also explain this trigger law that Missouri included is a part of if and when, it looks like when, not if, this happens, abortion is essentially a legal case closed. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I've heard it's even up to 27 other states that have some version of this trigger law. In our state, uh, back in 2019, when they passed HB 126, the kind of broad omnibus abortion ban, it included a ton of barriers and restrictions. And one of them was this trigger law. And so what that means is when a decision actually comes down that would overturn Roe v. Wade, it will automatically enact a complete ban on abortion in our state. And what's even scarier than that is what they are trying to do now 
actively now in the Missouri General Assembly is a step further. What changes for Missourians is the risk of criminalization. They are trying to put people in prison, as we've just seen happen in, in recent months in Texas and in Oklahoma. They are trying to put people in prison for their pregnancy outcomes, and they are trying to criminalize people for supporting access to abortion. So they are trying to criminalize someone for supporting their friend or loved one in driving to the clinic or giving them money, everyone. Can I ask you a hypothetical? So say they went to, I don't know, New York. They came back to Missouri. I mean, could they get arrested at KCI? I mean, you know, you're right. We're getting farther away from hypotheticals into real life, but we don't have the exact language on that in our current legislation yet. And so it's it's kind of tough to say. Unfortunately, it's not. No. Yeah, it wasn't. No, I didn't say no. But I think the legislation that we have been following that we think is their priority for this current session, which is supposed to end in eight days, it's a ban on a whole bunch of things. But one of the pieces is a ban on medication abortion that includes that language that says, like, if you host a website, if you provide information about how to access abortion, you could be hit with a class B felony with the penalty of five to 30 years in prison. And what we think might be added to this bill is another piece of legislation that we're calling a cross-state ban that has been introduced in various forms in the House and Senate and been added as amendments to other moving legislation. This cross-state ban is where the threat is for the majority of Missourians who already are forced to flee the state to access abortion in neighboring or surrounding states or New York or places, Colorado, places where they have to have considerable funds and effort to reach. Mallory, you know the stats, I'm sure, better than most. I mean, this is going to disproportionately affect low-income folks, people of color. Just how detrimental is this? It's incredibly detrimental. What What's interesting is while the nation is waking up and seeing this coming reality, we know that Missouri has been operating in a post-Roe environment for years as Missourians have had to flee to get access to abortion. That means that, as you said, people who are trying to survive on low incomes, Black pregnant people, people of color, um, immigrants, trans people, young people, youth, are already disproportionately impacted by the barriers that we face right now in accessing abortion. And when we see this increased risk of criminalization, we know that it's a lot of these same groups of people, Black people, people of color, who are already over-policed. And so these new and existing bans are going to create new avenues for policing people based on their pregnancy outcomes. I mentioned the Oklahoma and Texas cases. In both of those cases, it was a a woman of color. It was an indigenous woman and a Latina woman who were actually put in jail and in one case prosecuted for experiencing a miscarriage or seeking an abortion. I, it's I'm, a lot to take. It's I a know. Lot, it's a lot to take. Um, cuss word, cuss word, cuss word. How are you <laughs> trying to stay um, encouraged also to take time for yourself? How are you processing, I guess, is the question I'm trying to ask. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not sure I've fully processed it since Tuesday night. The other piece of all this, right, is we're still in a global health pandemic. COVID is not over. And I have seen COVID rip through my immediate community in the past week. And it has made it harder to do the work of fighting back because we need to care for each other and care for our health. And so on one hand, that's their goal, right? They want to do this. They want to tire us out. They want to make it impossible to fight back. And so it is hard and I am tired. But what rejuvenates me and what excites me is that moment 
the response that we've seen and the love that we've seen. People are mad about this. People are waking up to what this reality is, but they want to fight and they don't believe that this is the way our world should be. The majority of Missourians do not want this. And so we don't have the votes to stop these attacks in our state. And it's as simple as that. But we have something much more important, and that's the majority of our state that support access to abortion. And we will continue to stand with them no matter what and continue to provide and hope to provide access to opportunities to take action, to resources and information about how to get an abortion, because you still can get an abortion in Missouri. And importantly, you can also self-manage an abortion at home with medication abortion pills. I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent. I hope that's okay. Please go off on that tangent. Educate me. I know I have seen that a good alternative could be these abortion pills. Very safe, very effective. You tell me more. Absolutely. So medication abortion pills are safer than Tylenol. The World Health Organization names them as an essential medicine. And the World Health Organization on their website has a guide for managing your own abortion at home. You can find pills online. If we had equitable access to health care, if we didn't have these political and ideological attacks on our bodies and lives, we would be able to get abortion via telemedicine and it would be common to just get it in the mail and manage your abortion at home because it is safe to do so. Now, our state already has a ban and has for several years on telemedicine access to abortion, which made things so much easier for folks during COVID. You know, of course, they wanted to help us during COVID. You can go to plancpills.org and learn about how to find pills and learn about what it means to self-manage your abortion at home with medication abortion pills. Mallory Schwartz, again, she is the executive director at Pro-Choice Missouri. Any closing thoughts, my friend? We need folks to give to give. Give your time, give your money, give what you can to support this movement. Give information to the people around you. Talk about abortion everywhere. Talk about it in the grocery store. Talk about it over the dinner table. A huge piece of this is that abortion is so stigmatized and people who have abortions feel shame when they shouldn't about getting a normal healthcare procedure. And it is so common and yet we feel so stigmatized. And so we need folks to talk about abortion as the healthcare that it is and as the liberation that it is that allows people to plan their futures, to make their own decisions about their lives, to achieve their dreams. So talk about abortion and then give me money. (laughs) You can go to ProChoiceMissouri.org and donate to the work that we're doing to rally and bring folks together across the state. You can also support the Missouri Abortion Fund. Find folks trustwomen.org on the Kansas state side. Um, Support the orgs on the ground doing this work. Support them with your money. Sign up to get their action alert. Give your volunteer time. Anything folks can give is welcome and needed. You know, it's not just a women's issue. We have our trans friends, abortion rights, reproductive rights. It's human rights. This is, I think, also a human rights issue. Yeah. It absolutely is. And I'm so glad you said that. Talking about abortion, don't use gendered language. Pregnant people need abortions and it doesn't matter how they identify. What matters is they are a person who has the right to make a decision about their own life. And so let's talk about abortion in inclusive terms. Let's talk about the pregnant people and women and everybody that needs abortion 
access because this issue affects all of us. Mally Swartz, Executive Director at Pro-Choice Missouri. Thank you so much, my friend, and please come back on the show, yes? Thank you. I would love to, and I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about and plenty of opportunities in the next couple months. Let's go change the world. Yes, let's do it. Thank you. The KC Morning Show. Go ahead, tell me a Star Wars joke. Okay, how does a wicket get around Endor? Ewoks. Ha 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 ha. I don't know. Where did Luke get his bionic hand? At the second hand store. Good one. I give up. Which computer program do Jedi use to open PDF files? Adobe. One. Kenobi. Thanks, R. And may the fourth be with you, too. When we come back, our guys from Spectacles Media, Harry Clennon and Philip Brain. But before we get to that, my guy, Teddy Trice, we had him on the show a couple weeks ago. His new EP is out, Soul in 92. Right now, we're going to go down under. This is Teddy Trice, live from Sydney, Australia. I'm a sucker for a cover. I am. It's your KC Morning Show. She gave me love, so Make a man fall down to the knees Give me love like a breeze When it was a little leash I got so sick in the sugar You know you made me like a stick of butter Oh yeah, that's why I call it sweet love I'm gonna get your body in this tent. 
that I like being on there with Hot Sauce. The Casey Morning Show. For the first time on your KC Morning Show, we got the fellows behind Spectacles Media. I am so excited to dig into this. Harry Clinton and Philip Brain, I think we need more of this. Y'all are doing underwriting at KCUR. So as I'm paying my bills at work, I'm just reading this right. and thinking, what an interesting, wonderful perspective to do news. So my friends, welcome to the show. Tell us about Spectacles. Well, Hartzell, we're glad that it reached you on KCUR and we're really happy to be on. So thanks for having us. Very straightforward. Spectacles is a politics publication, but it's very much a mission-driven project for both Harry and I. The core problem with typical political news content as we see it is that it lacks real pro-democracy values. And by that, I mean that the news really wants either to report facts or indoctrinate you with a sort of partisan lens. We like to say that we give you a new way of seeing politics. The news tells you what happened, but Spectacles explains why that matters for democracy. We don't write from a partisan political angle, but a pro-democracy angle. Yeah, and to that end, we've got sort of two main, I guess, content streams. So three days a week, we write a shorter article which takes a headline that's in the news and it tries to answer a vital question about how democracy works through that story or fails to. So recently, we've written about this big gerrymandering case in New York, whether Ukraine should be admitted to the European Union and the challenges, for example, let's say that South African officials are going to face recovering from the recent mudslides that occurred there. And then on Sundays, we give you longer essays that really dive 
very deep into some particular issue that's central to democratic health or we interview someone with interesting expertise recently we've written about how Stalin helped Hitler get elected and why the Supreme Court needs reform. So we're all over the place. Just any story that we think is interesting that helps you understand democracy better. And then recent interviews, we've talked to Sly James and a number of different authors with really interesting books. Quentin Lucas is going to be on our podcast later this month. Yeah. And just to note really quickly, our stuff is available in our written newsletter, which you can get uh, with your email. You can sign up and it's available in podcast format as well. But if you go sign up on our website at spectacles.news right now, we send over a very useful handbook sort of guide that we recently put together on how to spot sort of five big threats to democratic health right now. We're finally starting to break free of the whole both sides of it all. You know, that weird <laughs> false dichotomy, especially when it comes yeah. to democracy. Folks will say that I am just, you know, making a big deal out of nothing. But no, democracy is literally on the line. And you all are helping oh, yeah. to, to shed light onto that. I discovered you all through NPR. This is something that I think that rivals the NPRs of the world. Give me that origin story. Or not. We're definitely not up in those big leagues quite yet, but working to be a complement. We think NPR provides a, a critical service for democracy, and we're trying to do something uh, that can enhance that benefit that people get. Our origin story. So, you know, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. I grew up around the Brookside South Plaza area, not far from Loose Park. I was always more interested in history personally, but I realized in college that I was really interested in sort of political history and decided to spend some more time studying politics directly. So my views are shaped really from a sort of historical perspective on things. Where have we seen this before? What happened? Uh, how can we learn from that position? And college is where Harry and I met. Yeah, I am not from Kansas City. I'm from Santa Monica, but my parents raised me on stuff like The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. My dad was taking me to protests against the Iraq war when I was in preschool. So so I've always been pretty politically aware. But when I got to college, I sort of honed my interest and became much more of a student of political science, examining sort of trends and underlying factors rather than just paying attention to what's happening in front of my face. But Philip and I have been really close friends since basically day one of college. We lived on the same dorm, uh, same dorm room floor. Um, we were having sort of dorm room bull sessions about politics with us and our friends since, again, basically day one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd like to think we're smarter now than we were then, um, <laughs> that we've refined our understanding standing of these issues. But we were both pretty interested students of political science in school, and we wanted to keep having those conversations. And, you know, reading. as we were graduating, we were looking at, you know, what can we do in politics to sort of continue this interest? And a lot of the jobs were either kind of soul-crushing prospects of working in D.C. and this kind of stuff. We weren't landing much, and so we got together and we said, you know, we, we both like writing and thinking about history, and we felt like, you know, we this education we'd gotten at college had taken this sort of angle of how can we better understand democracy theoretically and how can we identify the challenges that it's facing in the real world? And we thought that that was really useful for us, but we felt that there wasn't really a space in the media environment that was providing that to people. And so we said, you know, that that seems like something that we can help fill that need because we think it is a need. What is the state? I guess as you all are, are breaking this down, where are we at, boys? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you laid it out pretty well just there. Um, 
things are not looking too great. I think maybe people thought in the U.S., at least from a U.S.-centric perspective, which I think is also not necessarily the right perspective, things were looking better, right? Donald Trump was out of office. I was feeling kind of optimistic earlier on, keeping in mind that this is not, I mean, there's no final victory, let's say, in democracy, right? It's not like you win one and then it's all over. But around the world, I think you can say pretty clearly democracy is in trouble. For example, according to the organization called Freedom House, which sort of tries to measure democracy imperfectly, but usefully, I'd say, the number of countries that have seen the quality of democracy decline has outnumbered the number of countries that have seen the quality of their democracy increase for 16 years in a row. So that's saying democracy has gotten worse around the world for at least 16 years straight. And you name a continent, there's a country experiencing major upheavals within that continent in terms of democracy. Yeah. I mean, yesterday was World Press Freedom Day, and there was an interesting statistic, discouraging statistic that came out. It's estimated by the UN that 85% of people live in countries where the press is less free today than it was five years ago. And if you look at last year, I mean, this is kind of just a political stability thing, not necessarily democracy thing, but there were more successful coup d'etats in 2021 than there were between 2015 and 2020 combined, right? There's been a moment, especially, you know, COVID has precipitated some greater instability, but democracy has been declining since long before that. You know, and those four years of Trump, we kept making him as some kind of outlier. Do you think that was part of the issue as he is really representing just a piece of this big authoritarian push across the world. The folks on January 6th, you know, we act like we don't know how we got here. Well, it's a part of something that's been stewing a lot of places. You're absolutely right on that. Um, I mean, I think that one of the biggest challenges when it comes to this sort of democratic backsliding is the most notable moments, the most noticeable moments, like Donald Trump's election, January 6th, all these things. If it's really out there and it's really obvious and it's really clear that, oh, gosh, this is really bad. Well, probably there's been stuff going on for a while that you didn't notice. Right. There's been stuff building because those are sort of the culmination of those sort of developments over time. And so the challenge is learning how to spot those threats and those problems earlier before they snowball. And so part of what we try to do at Spectacles is look at news stories and help pull out the lessons about democracy from them that normally maybe wouldn't be super clear on the surface so that you can learn to better diagnose what's happening, what's healthy, what's unhealthy in the day-to-day news cycle. Yeah, that's true. I think if you look at it in specific terms, right, you can certainly identify trends across the world that have culminated. Philip's point is that you're seeing these sharp events happen that are, are culminations of trends. Obviously, the effects of globalization, right, have, have created backlashes at home. I think you've seen, particularly in the U.S. and Europe, people who have historically enjoyed, let's say, a lot of privilege and like the way things are. And then you had the refugee crisis in Europe, which was a very sharp change for a lot of people, I guess, and and, and immigration in the United States and also in the United States sort of contesting American history and the way that our institutions have historically functioned by people who are marginalized and coming up and saying, well, actually, we want a place at the table, too. And so you see a backlash, right? And I think in the U.S. and Europe, that I think helps to explain not insignificant chunk of what has happened, the rise of far right parties in Europe, the total seizure of the right wing party in the United States by um, these sort of deranged elements. And I think you can know 
noticed these trends culminating in, and then having these very sharp moments of discontinuity in which authoritarians start to pose really dangerous threats to the health of democracy. So where do we go from here? It's it's hard to get some back when she lost it, especially something as high stakes as, you know, democracy. This is Star Wars Day, and I don't want to see democracy die in thunderous applause, to quote Padme Amidala. So my friends, what do we do? Where do we go? You know, one thing that's important to understand is that there's no real final victory for democracy. It's always going to be a work in progress. I mean, you can be in a better or worse position, of course. It's really a challenge of getting back to to a better position and learning to maintain it in a more healthy manner. There's no real sort of, I guess, silver bullet solution to this problem. So one thing that's important to keep in mind is to be skeptical of someone who promises you a sort of silver bullet. Yeah, these issues, when they come up, they're nuanced. I think one thing that Philip and I have talked a lot about with spectacles is what I would like to see, and I, and I, and I don't know quite how to get there because this is sort of the, this is the trick, is I think our institutions that we have today in the U.S., I mean, let's talk about the Supreme Court, say, right? I mean, it's, it's an institution that, if you look at it, I think has grown far too powerful far too removed from democracy, sort of ascended past the basic sort of institutional checks and balances process that, that we need to have. I would love to see our institutions start to function better, right? I think there are ways we can use a, a comparative understanding of politics to say, here's how institutions work in this context, and here's how they work in this context, and see, okay, how can we get institutions to function more effectively and actually more in line with being responsive to the demos, right? The people. But I don't know how to get there. I think that, you know, the process by which we make things work is really important. I just don't, it's, it's hard to say. I think one of the core steps though is, you know, where Spectacles comes in, which is that you gotta have, for a healthy democracy, you gotta have an informed public yes. that has a rich understanding of how their model of government works, how democracy works, how their institutions function and who's in charge of what and these kinds of things. And that requires, in many ways, an improved education, I think, in America that we're lacking. But barring that, look, if you're out of school, you're an adult, you're out in the world, it can be hard to get your bearings on how that stuff works. I think if you check spectacles out, I think that's one of the things that we really try to do is help give people that sort of perspective that helps them understand, okay, here's how this functions and can help you by better understanding how our democracy works, can help you interact with it, I think, in a healthier way. Before I let you guys go, is there any particular story on the site or maybe being featured on the podcast that you want to let people know about maybe something that we need to take a second look on maybe something we don't know anything about yeah i'll plug a piece that i wrote um it's, it's actually an older one but we just republished it today it's on the supreme court when i was just talking about it earlier just about how how the institution has become too powerful and i think the interesting thing with harry's story there and one of the reasons we republished it is because the argument he makes is kind of evergreen it's kind of timeless basically the argument is throughout our recent modern history depending on the context you've seen Republicans up in arms about the Supreme Court when they're losing, and you've seen Democrats up in arms about the Supreme Court when, when they're losing. And now, look, I'm going to come down on one side of that about what's happening right now, and I think it's terrible. But the interesting point there, looking at that history, is it demonstrates how this is not a functional institution, right? And it can't just be that we like the Supreme Court when we're winning and we dislike it when we're losing. That's a sign that something isn't working right. 
Yeah. Spectacles.news is the website. My friends, I cannot wait to continue this conversation. I think we all just became best friends. And I want to <laughs> I want to immediately go grab a drink and let's go talk some shit out. I love Would be this. Great. My personal handle is at brains underscore waves. I, if you're looking for politics stuff, though, you probably should follow Harry or Spectacles. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm at HF Clennon. Sometimes I am not super polite on my handle, but that's, you know, uh, that's the world we live in. So, And then Spectacles is at Spectacles Media on Twitter. Website, you've heard it a bunch, spectacles.news. If you go sign up right now, we've got that special guidebook on how to spot those biggest threats to democratic health right now, which I think is super useful. And Hartzell, just want to say, uh, we've had a great time and thank you so much for having us on. And let's, let's, let's get that drink for sure. You think that you're some kind of rebel
You're listening to the KC Morning Show.